Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan here with my pals, Kieran Deal. Hi! And Megan Gailey. What's up? I'm going on airplane mode. Oh, good. I'm dedicated to this. Oh, yeah. Oh. I got a text from my mom. This week, Kieran Deal and Megan Gailey join me to talk about female governors, the sad state of maternity leave, and the surprisingly contentious issue of parades. Then we tackle the pink tax, the week in sorry, and I'll have what she's having. And stay tuned to find out which one of us doesn't believe in astrology. Hint, it's me. First, we're going to do a little housekeeping. Hysteria's first live show. First live show. Wow. wow. This Sunday at Outside Lands in San Francisco. We're at 4 p.m. on Sunday. It's going to be me, Megan, and Grace Para, who you heard last week and who you will hear this coming week. We're going to be recording it, so if you can't make it, you'll hear it. But if you're there, please stop by. We would love to see you. Secondly, I've been getting a lot of tweets and emails from people who want to know who does our theme song, and it's Sizzy Rocket, S-I-Z-Z-Y, Rocket. She's amazing. You can find her on Spotify and all over the place, and so you can check out the theme song in its entirety on Spotify, on other platforms, and other stuff that she's done, too. She's a really great artist and a little shy and thrown her way. Third announcement, I want to let you guys know that our inbox has been absolutely flooded with dick pics. I know I said... I know I said the first time I gave out our email address, hysteria at crooked.com, that, you know, don't send us pictures of actual male anatomy, but we would welcome pictures of of men named Dick. We've gotten maybe a hundred photos of men named Dick. Just all kinds of Dick's Cavett and uh, Dick's York, Dick's, Dick's Sergeant, Nixon, Cheney, uh, all kinds of Dick's. Any unknown Dick's? Uh, all the dicks were known dicks to oh, me. Okay. There, and there were also some people who who kind of stretched the definition. They didn't literally give me a dick. They just gave me a person they would call a dick. So I've gotten oh, a Stephen Miller photo. Okay. Um, it's been really – our listeners are just a, just a great bunch of fucking jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that, uh, for all the dick pics. We're also getting them tweeted at us now, which is, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. Um, great. If you want to send us a dick pic or an email or if you want us to bring up something or you know of a woman that's making waves in her industry, you can reach us at hysteria at crooked.com. I try to read every email. We get a lot of them. Sometimes I forget for a few days and then I look at the inbox and I'm like, ah, and I close it. <laughs> but send us emails. We try to read all of them and uh, we love hearing from you. Now I want to move on to the news. Uh, there was some special elections yesterday. Kansas, Chris Kobach, who in June was told by a judge that he needed to go back to law school. He was literally ordered to complete, I believe, six weeks of additional legal training because he was so bad at arguing a case. Anyway, he's going to be the Republican candidate for governor in Kansas now. So that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. His entire legal career has been him spectacularly losing cases where he argued the most xenophobic possible yeah. position. Well, and he's one of those guys that's kind of in Trump's circle who looks like his hair has been done by a tiny lawnmower. <laughs> and not that how your hair looks matters, but it does if I hate you. It also does if you have enough money to run for governor. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah, right. Seriously. But you know what? Take I a think page out of one of these extramarital affair people <laughs> yeah. and put some money into your looks. Into, into your appearance. Put some money in your... Uh, extramarital affair people, uh, we're, uh, we're referring to Rick, Rick Gates, I believe. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look like he spends any money on his appearance. <laughs> his, that's a good point. Rick Gates, Paul Manafort's deputy, admitted yesterday that he spent $3 million on an affair. Hell yeah, girl. How? <laughs> I love the way it was like, I would need five. I would need... Five. Have you seen that man? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. Um, so there's that. But here's a couple of things that happened yesterday. Democrats lost in Ohio by a razor sharp margin, but an L's an L. It's still I I heard today the the Republicans have been like we're we're claiming victory, but there's mm-hmm. still eight thousand write-ins and provisional ballots that haven't been counted right yet. so it could be mickey mouse that won yeah it could be what was the margin do you know i well, this morning i heard on npr that it was 1754 yeah. votes which was so. like 0.9 percent i believe which means i think in in uh in ohio a 0.5 percent difference triggers an automatic recount so when these uh, other votes come in there's a bunch of stuff could okay. change but you know regardless that the vote is a lot closer than republicans wanted yeah. also a right to work law got struck down by voters in missouri that's cool here's another quick thing though about elections yesterday and moving into the fall because we are god so close to the midterms so close to the midterms if you're not registered to vote you need to register immediately and because i guess yes what happened yesterday is is a great example like it could be this close yeah it could be this close where you live even if you think you live in a deep red state but here's a cool thing hold on to your butts wave of female governors could be coming in the fall there are is that an abc show hold on to your butts (laughs) female governors coming this fall yeah, it's sort of like, remember in the 80s when there was a whole genre of, what a man caring for a baby? How oh, funny. Yeah. Like, that's going to be the new, like, the the 20-teen genre of, that's crazy. A woman governor? Um, this is true. In 1980, as of 1980, five states had, only five states had had female governors ever. And that's as, ever, wow. As of 1980. Nearly half of the states still have not yet had a female governor. And it's 2018. People who were born in 1980 are like, it's gross. Six states currently have female governors. So six out of 50. That is is not great. Uh, And there have only been 39 female governors in U.S. history. It's crazy that like New York, California, and Florida, because those are the three with the biggest electoral, like just the biggest electoral college votes for the presidency. Like none of those three have had female governor. Yeah, and I was like a little that that made me feel a little poopy diaper. Not yeah. gonna lie, yeah. that's a little poopy diaper. That's, with that because it's like New York, the, California. Come on, what we're are supposed we doing? to be these coastal elites. That's what I mean. It's like we're letting our we're letting ourselves down. Yeah, it's a weird circumstance. The New York Times piece about this suggested that because women are often viewed as more likely to compromise and get along, that they are more likely to be successful running for like legislative positions yeah, or for right. Senate and governors are viewed as sort of like the state boss. And so people are voting for men because they believe men are better bosses, even though we're in a Me Too era where we've established that men are not better bosses. <laughs> but regardless, um, so here's some women that are running for governor, Janet Mills, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, Paulette Jordan in Idaho, who if she won would be the first ever elected Native American governor, mm, which wow. is very cool. Uh, Christy Nome, who's a Republican in South Dakota, Last night, Gretchen Whitmer won her primary in Michigan. There are women running to run for governor in, so they're running in primaries in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Also super interesting. So that's, you know, that's kind of like sad, aggressive, I guess. Yeah. 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 I really wanted, when you announced each of those names, I really wanted to hear like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like after each one and then the like starting yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Janet Mills, Janet Mills. You know what I mean? That's what the I female was. governors as the Harlem Globetrotters. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Next and against the Washington generals. Yeah. Literally. 
Next time I'll let you do it, Kieran. Right. The rest of the podcast actually should just be dedicated to these names and just saying them over and over again. That would 40 be, minutes of this. That would be so avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Great. Meanwhile, there's another piece in the New York Times about how a lot of men who have been accused of sexual harassment are just running for office anyway. Why not? Go get it. I just yeah. want to have the confidence. I just want to have that confidence of a mediocre asshole sexual harasser. Well, because you, there must be a conversation too of like, okay, well, we got to figure this out. What you did, and eh, we feel like you can still do it. You know, oh, like you grabbed a couple boobs. Yes, you sent a couple behind... things. You sent a couple pictures. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Trump has let us dream big in that way. He really has. <laughs> he's really, yeah, he's opened up a lot, and I really have appreciated that of of all the inconsistencies in his policies, in his public statements, in what his his press shop says, he has always fallen on the side of sexual harassers. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy Moore, He uh, when Missouri's governor was <laughs> accused of one of the most egregiously awful cases of, like, sexual harassment, where it's like, you shouldn't be working anywhere, much less being governor of anything. Yeah, Donald Trump is, has really stood up for sexual harassers. When, uh, what was it, Rob Porter... His former staffer, who couldn't get security clearance because he was alleged to have abused two of his wives, Donald Trump stood up for him. It's just, you know, that's his that's his moral consistency. It's really one of the very few bipartisan. It really things is. That, you know, it's like our dicks bring us together. It reaches across the aisle. Really that dick does. does. It really does. That foot tap goes across the <laughs> yeah. aisle. Yeah. Oh that man. Hand on the knee oh. across the <laughs> aisle. <laughs> That hand on the knee, it's just like from Democrat to Republican. It's like, you're my aide, you're my intern, but it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Donkeys, elephants, they all do it. Yeah. One of the things that I've been thinking about is, um, yeah, it just seems like a lot of people, a lot of men seek power because they feel like it gets them access to to sex from women who maybe wouldn't give them attention otherwise. And so now that that's being called into question, they're really rejecting that. They're like, well, what even fucking do this? You know, yeah, good. Oh, like if I can't even, if I can't, even, it's like if I if I got a job, and they were like, here is, um, here's your paycheck, you can't spend it on rent. I'd be like, well, why why did they yeah. get a job? You know, and I think that I don't know. It just seems like that that's part of the psychology of people who like violently reject uh, this sort of thing. Right. I think that means we'll see less of them running. Hopefully, then. More of them as strip club DJs. <laughs> mm. Not mm. saying you're all bad. Actually, I would trust a strip club DJ to protect me more than a congressman. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Strip I'd cl- rather have you walk me to my car. I think strip club DJs probably know exactly when something is taking a turn yeah. and have and can like let someone know. Probably have some of the highest levels of integrity out of uh, all the professions, if we're yeah. being honest. They're just there for the music, truly, <laughs> at the end of the day. It's about the love. It is. It's the love of the beats. The love and the music. I wanted to add one more thing. Uh, how, why are, why are women, you don't, look, I'm talking, well, most of the people listening to this are probably women, but you're beautiful. You do not need to sleep with Rick Gates or Paul Manafort, or Donald Trump, or the guy, Brady, who allegedly um, impregnated the Playboy Playmate. You're worthwhile. You are worth more than these jowly, chinless suits. Don't sleep with these people. I don't care if they're getting you nice hotels. We need to unionize, women. Mm-hmm. We need to unionize and get declare... Get ourselves hotels. Yeah, get ourselves hotels. Have a giant sleepover in the penthouse. Watch a Party Girl with Parker Posey. Uh, so just kind of to, to close the thing about the elections yesterday, I don't like horse race 
journalism and I don't like talking about it like, oh, and this oh, this means what does this thing in Ohio mean for Republicans in Oregon? Like it doesn't mean dick. Every no. place is different. Uh, but what it does show is that there are places that are deeply Republican that are in deep shit now if you're a Republican because there's been a huge blue swing. But at the same time, you know, moral victories don't matter if we're not actually winning winning. So I don't want people to let go of I mean, this is going to sound very like Batman villain, but like don't let go of the memory of how fearful you were um, on the day after Election Day 2016. Like hold on to that as you're working that, toward 2018. Let that fire burn inside. Yeah. Embrace the fear. I heard the metaphor. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> One more news story before we move on to our deep dive this week. The FMLA, which does not stand for the Fuck My Life Act. It stands for the Family <laughs> Me- <laughs> the Family Medical Leave Act. It's 25 years old this year. Okay, uh, girl. FMLA is, is the pathetic excuse for parental leave that we have in this country. Before that, we had nothing, but this guarantees 12 weeks of unpaid leave to care for a new baby or I believe a sick relative. Yes. So we're one of, I think, three or four countries in the world. We're in the company of, I believe, like Papua New Guinea. Like it's just countries that that maybe aren't as economically advanced or global as we are. And we still don't have any paid paternal leave and it's very pathetic. But luckily, luckily, feminist heroes Marco Rubio and Ivanka Trump have a great idea. Nope, bah, 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 for yeah, them. Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> it, but then bah, bah, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's better. <laughs> that's like a disco siren thing, but it it like descends, so it's like sad. Everybody, it's when the horn gets broken, <laughs> sad, aggressive strip club DJ music. <laughs> so Marco Rubio's new plan would let people use their retirement money if they want to take paid parental leave. So basically, if you have a baby and you want to take paid leave, you can, but you have to retire six weeks later. Which is basically... I'm only laughing because it is... It's so I bad. I hope you curse that kid for those six weeks, too. Like, you know I want to be the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's also like... Oh, God. The only way you can beat the system is if you die early. Hell yeah. Do you know I what I mean? Know. You need to have, like, six kids, and then it's, like, six, six to 44 children. Mm-hmm. Take all the leave from your Social Security, and then, like, die before you retire but like real early yeah well luckily stress contributes to mortality so the stress of not of having to work until you're 80 years old might just kill you anyway before you have to worry about declaring bankruptcy as an elderly person which there was another there was a piece i i swear i read things besides the new york times but there was another piece in the new york times about old people having to declare bankruptcy which is a growing demographic and people should be worried but i used to work at a continuing care retirement community so that's you can come in at any age and health and then if you buy into it you go through you can go up to all the way to 24-hour care and we had people that had to move out because they ran out of money and there's nothing sadder than seeing an elderly person wheeled out of the nursing home they're in to be going to a worse nursing home that they don't want to be in Mm -hmm. and it's I mean there was a quote from Marco Rubio in this that it's so funny because even when he's trying to be like good he still is an asshole he was like caring for a a sick loved one shouldn't bankrupt you no medical issue should bankrupt you if you fall ill you shouldn't be bankrupt if anything if you get in a fucking car accident and you bang your head too hard and you can't go to work you shouldn't Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing medical 
related should bankrupt you in any way. Mm-hmm. And so it, to me, this is like they're touching on like a tip of the iceberg that it's like, yeah, this should have already fucking happened. Right. You know, the fact that F- this FMLA, the Marco Rubio Ivanka Trump plan, which to be fair, has not been um, it hasn't been prioritized by the House. This is clearly just a PR move. So people are like, yeah, I did something. Mm-hmm. It's like when you um, if you're if you're ever out like in a in a group eating situation or you're out with a friend and you offer to pick up the check and they like make the least good like pretend move for the wallet ever my dad calls it crocodile arms yeah Mm. (laughs) Mm. right but they're crocodile arming like increasing uh, access to family leave here because i don't think marco rubio really wants to fix it because this the republican party hasn't prioritized fixing this the the unpaid maternity i had a bunch of friends who had kids like i had six friends have babies like within the last like eight months and it's like you your body physically like it's like there is a physical repair process that needs to happen you know what I mean like when you when you have a child it's like they're all wearing diapers they're all like they have stitches do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. stuff is leaking out of extra orifices real sexy stuff Mm -hmm. um but Ali Wong has a lot of great material yeah she does and (laughs) it's like but it it, if you the fact that there is no coverage for us as a country like mm-hmm. there's no onus on on our nation is it's and most most husbands go back to work like i remember calling a friend and being like where's matt and she's like oh matt's gone like matt, yeah. <laughs> matt's at the office and i'm like no 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 you can't be no 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 this I, this was i signed up to be a friend of this baby because i thought two of you were gonna be doing this deal together right and it's like a new life mm, there's excel spreadsheets that need to be filled out you know so it's like but it's also like if you take a look at who is who is making the laws and this goes back to the first point about how just as a microcosm of the problem, there have only been 39 female governors, and I think we're still only 20% of the House and the Senate, and that is the highest percentage women have ever been. Like, it is clear that people are making laws have no idea how women's bodies work, nor do they have any curiosity about how women's bodies work. It almost seems like they have an aversion to finding out what women's needs are, what the needs of mothers are, what the needs of families are, because what they would like to do is kind of be the... I think the Congress is, if it were a person, it would be a, a 50s dad smoking Shitty a cigar yeah. in the waiting room while his wife was in labor. And the other thing you can't forget is that m- all of those people are quite wealthy as far as the standards go. So it's like because a lot of senators, a lot of people in government do have children. They mm-hmm. have wives and they have children. But it's like it doesn't affect them to the same level mm-hmm. because they have money. Like, And when you have money or like your wife doesn't have to work for that time, it kind of – it's like – like it doesn't affect you. Right. You know, a lot of people who are wealthy, this isn't a dirty little secret because I don't think it's bad for people to acknowledge that it's easier to raise children if you have help. But a lot of wealthy people, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, for example, Kellyanne Conway, Ivanka Trump, they all have nannies. Mm-hmm. They all have people that are usually women of lower economic echelons that they pay you know, hopefully a living wage, but not always to take care of their children. And a lot of wealthy people do that. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't imagine how we would get along without a nanny. And it's like there are two parents, there's two kids and also a nanny. So the adults outnumber the children and the parents are still raising kids is exhausting. And there's a night nurse, too. I love the way I was like, who are your friends, Erin? Wow. (laughs) I mean, I've got a lot of friends. (laughs) I had a friend. She was like, I have a night nurse. And 
And she goes, it's a Southern thing. And my mom goes, it's a rich thing. Mm. <laughs> Your mom sounds awesome. Bring She's her in. She's pretty fun. She's pretty fun. We're really getting to know the Gailies. <laughs> I know. I'm She's sorry. The dad, the crocodile arms. I had a therapist tell me I loved my family too much. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that the American dream is to have, you know, as an immigrant, it's to have other immigrants. Yeah. Raise your children for you. That's, to never see your kids. That's right. The that's American the American dream. dream. And I always like to say it's white immigrants. I want to have <laughs> white immigrants raise my children. Ooh, when and I've really made it. <laughs> that's what it is. Karen, a lot of times when we're discussing FMLA, family leave, maternity leave, paternity leave, we hear people say like, well, at least it's something. So I, there's a, well, at least it's something argument for the this sort of a thing too, right? Yeah, I I thought that was really interesting. There's an article in the Washington Examiner by Patrice Lee Anwuka. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and and I thought it was it, it's like cynical, but it was very practical. And she was talking about black mothers, and it was she was essentially saying it's like yes, it's not a good option to have to take you know social security and then put that forward into your maternity leave, but it is a thing that could get passed potentially because mm-hmm. it doesn't add payroll taxes. It's not going to be a wage garnish for everyone that would have to be passed in the House and the Senate. So that's nobody wants to pass tax bills. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, like it, essentially, I mean, we can cut taxes for the rich. Right. But like Always. we definitely yeah. can't raise taxes, just tiny amounts. Where are you going to get that night nurse money? For, for the moms. Yeah, that's true. I do need night nurse money. Where are you going to get that night nurse money? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I did think that I, I thought that was interesting that she was like, you know, if you're making $30,000 a year and you're able to borrow from yourself at $4,000 a year and you can make the case in a kind of really swampy, mired kind of political system that we have and you can kind of make the case and say, listen, uh, nobody's taxes are going to go up. This is kind of no harm, no foul. People are just borrowing from themselves. It would Mm -hmm. be a thing that would kind of be a good stopgap for a lot of people so that they don't have to go on government assistance, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of get them back to work, whatever. And Mm -hmm. and so for vulnerable populations, I just thought it it, almost like the argument came out of the cynicism that it's going to take a lot longer Mm -hmm. to pass something that would be better. That's correct. I mean, I think there's a lot to think about here. And um, and it's something but it's also clear that what we have is is bad. And right. the, the FMLA is 25 years old and we haven't come up with anything better. That's that fucking sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Anyway, we have to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to take a deep dive into the pink tax. And we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about the pink tax in our deep dive this week. Pink tax is how women's products are often made smaller and more expensive. And uh, that manifests as a tax that we physically have to pay on maintaining ourselves or looking okay enough to leave the house. The reason I'm thinking about this is there was a a piece in the New York Times op-ed page this past weekend written by a woman who is talking about waiting in line for free lipsticks from MAC which are like $18, I think. It's been a long time since I bought a lipstick from Plus tax. 18-something plus tax. And these women were waiting in line for like an hour for a, a free lipstick. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is is your time worth eighteen fifty an hour? Like, would you? More. More. I think she waited more. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, she hid an hour. And then, and then, she then was like, even yeah. in it, and it, which is sort of like the place I come from, too, is like, yeah, but there's camaraderie. You make <laughs> friends. You know? Like, you're around like-minded Women, yeah. Well, there's. I mean, that's that's something that you know. She wrote in this piece uh, about how um, 
capitalism makes women the losers um, because the things that we buy are mostly expensive. And then there's products that we purchase that men don't have to worry about purchasing. And so, you know, one of the one of the things she points out is they don't make like men's lipstick or anything like that. So that was something that I was thinking about. I was also thinking about, you know, the amount of time that we have to spend getting ready every day to look okay to leave the house. I work in a writer's room and my male coworkers are super nice guys, but I can tell most of the time it took them maybe 10 minutes to get ready. And my female coworkers, maybe 45 minutes. Yeah. Mm. And when you add all that together, it's like, you. how much time do you spend a year looking at yourself in the mirror and painting your own face? You know? I don't know. So this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I also was thinking about this because there is a uh, trailer for a new movie that just uh, hit Twitter this week called Napoli Ever After. And it's about a black woman's relationship with her hair, Mm -hmm. which is something that you don't often see depicted in pop culture. It's kind Mm -hmm. of something that, but you know, in in the, in the trailer, she's the main character says that her hair has become like a, a second job for her. Karen, I wonder what you think about the way that beauty standards affect specifically women of color and the way that the pink tax maybe more disproportionately affects women of color. I mean, the thing that struck me about this is, is like if you are earning less already and then you have to spend more on products, it's like that's like you're it's like a double negative. It's like a double loss for you, which is like super, super shitty. But there's also like this thing with looking good because you were like, how much time? And I know there's like this idea that, oh, I can just like opt out of that thing. But mm-hmm. think about like when you like I had a friend one time and I like I love this example. She like goes to the bank. She goes to her bank, right? And it's like, and sometimes she goes looking like a homeless person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just like, you know, wearing her garbage bag of an outfit and like, you know, no makeup on, whatever. Goes like dressed up one time, like maybe coming from work or whatever. Gets treated t- like a different person. Like yeah. the same people will be like, oh, hello, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Oh, would you like a place in the law? Like, oh, oh, gonna go. Here's the Yeah, here's exactly. It's just like. You're the same person, but like you do get treated differently. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast can attest to this. Like when you look nicer, when you when you just look better, people are nicer to you. Mm -hmm. And that has social and cultural capital. Um, Like I know for myself, it's like it like growing up like. As like a very hairy person, this is a problem that a lot of like Indian people have, like on the plus side, can sell my hair for rent money. But like, (laughs) you know, on the minus side, it's like just the amount of time you've spent waxing your legs, going to electrolysis, like all that shit. It's very expensive. And it's like, technically, could you just like not do any of that? Sure. But then you're like not going to want to wear shorts or a skirt or like participate in this way. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. in the culture, because it's like. We're like, I know you can make that stance, but then it becomes like a stance. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you are doing something outside of the norm and then that's going to take time, effort, energy. You're going to, ha- you know, it's going to be, a th- it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. And maybe you just want to put your fucking time into other shit, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of self-perpetuating though, because it's, we all opt in. We're all like, okay, well, this is how we have to look in order to be accepted. And so we continue to do it. And so it becomes a thing that we all have to continue to do. Uh, This is another reason we need to unionize, guys. (laughs) We need to be like, okay, this is an okay thing for us to do because it it makes us feel better about ourselves and it doesn't take much time or money. This is a thing we're not going to do anymore. And, you know, Karen, your point about 
um, if you choose to not participate in a certain way, then it becomes your thing. There have been times when I've been, you know, I've, I've lived in like liberal enclaves for my entire adulthood. And um, even still, if I'm like at a concert, at a bar, whatever, hanging out with a friend and I look down and I see that she just like hasn't shaved her legs it, or like just is a woman who doesn't shave her legs. It always is like, ah, like for a second, I have right. this like little second of like, oh, she doesn't shave her legs. Yeah. And it's a thing that I, I wish it's a thing that I didn't notice. I wish it was something that women could choose to do or not, or not do and have it be fine. But even for me, somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about things that women are, are expected to do or ways are expected to spend their time and money and energy that's something that I notice, and it's like, oh fuck, I've got it. It's ingrained. It's stuck in me, you know. I love hair and makeup. I really do. And which I, hair? The leg hair or the head I hair? I just love it all. all. The hair. I really, <laughs> all the hair? in that sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, when I was a baby, I probably like held a hairbrush and those things. And I think that's sort of at the core of what feminism. Do I wish I could spend less money on it? Absolutely. I don't know if I would stop doing it though because I do find such great joy I'm in a Facebook beauty group it's the only reason I go on Facebook Mm -hmm. is to just like talk to people see their pictures it's all female comedians too and it's never it's the one Facebook group I've been with that's all women that hasn't been shut down because like (laughs) someone hasn't like shared a secret or been like he did the you know like we all are just truly focused on makeup and I find so much joy in it but I have started not wearing makeup on stage because I like to give my face a day off. And it's something that when I do it, I always bring it up on stage. Because it's like, I want you to know that I'm not usually like this. Like, I'm mm. almost apologizing for it. And it's like, oh, I wish it was just okay to to do it and not have to address it mm-hmm. in any way. But I, it is something I I really do take joy from. But then I I hear you and I'm like, yeah, but I remember the first, I remember begging to get my makeup done for the first bat mitzvah I was going to, you know? And then I was like rushing to leave the house and my mom was like, where's your lipstick? And so mm-hmm. I like went back and put my lipstick on because we had bought it. And I think that's it too. It's like, well, we own all this shit. We might as well use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One time that actually reminded me, Megan, one time I was in the makeup chair at CNN and I showed up. I normally wear like bright red lipstick when I'm on TV because I started doing it and then I just couldn't stop doing it because every time I would go, the makeup people would be like, yay, it's your, <laughs> it's oh, your signature. Yes. So I showed up one day and I wasn't already wearing my red lipstick and they were like, where's your lipstick? And I was like, oh, I have it. I'll just put it on when you're done. And they were like, okay, okay, good. Because red <laughs> yeah. lipstick is kind of your signature. And it was like, I, I would like to think that the way that I process the news and and speak about it would be my signature. Absolutely, they're not. like absolutely no, <laughs> no, 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 it's no, the no. lips. I, I would think it's the words coming out of my mouth. No, it's just your mouth. But I've you're been, here for your mouth. I've been sitting in a makeup chair and they were doing nothing to me. And this uh, hair and makeup people on set are the best people and I've seen people be mean to them and I'm like I hope you never fucking get hired to do anything again yeah. if you're rude to the people there to make you look good you're a monster yeah agreed. that's a side note um, and <laughs> she wasn't doing anything to me and then I was like can I get a lash and she goes oh yeah the last girl because since I'm a comedian they don't think I want glam and I'm like glam it up bitch you're trained I want this <laughs> and so it is sort of like we're individuals we're all allowed to approach our appearance differently on any given day mm-hmm. I think one thing that the the women union <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna harp on this we needed to we needed to really to brainstorm a name for that in in but, advance yeah the womb the womb 
<laughs> no, I don't want to be exclusive. Anyway, yeah. we'll figure something out. We'll workshop it. I think one of the things that, Megan, you're touching on is, you know, I think it's hard sometimes when you're trying to just like live your life in public to not see other people's aesthetic choices as pressure to also make those choices. And I think that you're you're right that it's like it's totally fine if somebody else wants to look a certain way as long as they're okay with me making a different choice. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to convey that without going up to someone and be like, your choices are fine, <laughs> which is a creepy thing to say to anybody at any point, especially if they're not somebody that you know. The fact that you would wear like a pink lip or like a nude lip and, and other people would be disappointed is kind of insane. Yeah, it is kind of insane. Another thing I was thinking about is about like how the pink tax affects you if you try to be an ethical consumer. And by ethical consumer, I mean, if you try to use makeup brands that pay their employees <laughs> fairly, if they don't test on animals, if they use ingredients that are not bad. Toxic. Yeah. yeah. Or not not even toxic, just ingredients that are tested and that are known to yeah. be. And they dispose of waste in a ethical manner, too. Right. It costs money. That costs money. Yeah. Sure. I want to just say one more thing. It's like, I will say that I feel pressure to look a certain way. Like if, if I have to be like photographed or if it's, it's like, I, ha I mean, I have a friend who gave me hundreds of dollars worth of beautiful free makeup, but I'm like 45 fucking minutes to put this shit on my face with like a journal entry of like where to put the shit and you're supposed to watch a YouTube. Fuck you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do this. I got shit to do. I want to yeah. wear pajamas. I want to be like, like people to know me well enough that I can show up in a garbage bag and they're still like happy to see you. But it's like that status. Yeah. Like you have to get to a place, like especially in an industry like this one where you can do that and where you can get away with that. Like I don't really feel like it's an actual choice to shave my legs. Mm -hmm. Like I know it is a choice, but I do think that there is social capital. I do think that you're, you are gaining something when you wear a nice blouse mm -hmm. to a place or you look a certain way, it really changes how you get to navigate through space. And mm -hmm. it can, it can you know, like, it can help you to, to come over the hump of maybe some things that might be seen as categorical disadvantages. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's the whole thing with, like, hoodies. You know, if you wear a hoodie and you're, like, versus a business suit, you know, and you're a person of color or whatever and how you might be perceived when you're walking down the street and then the money associated with putting that in. It's like, it's like maybe... I think in a perfect world, yes, we all should like look good and we should get to like wear what we want to wear and like and and do our makeup how we want to do it. But I I'm going to guess that and either either I'm like the one person on an island out on a limb, you know, with this one. But like I think a lot of people probably do feel like a social pressure mm -hmm. to to look a certain way. And I say this wearing no makeup. On my I'm like, Currently, yeah, she's I, like, yeah, I'm I like, I like to get glammed up. I'm in pajamas. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I love the way it's like, yeah, I see your social pressure with your ponytail and no makeup. I was like, it's a podcast, Aaron. This is a different situation. Um, no, but with women, when I know I'm going to be with all women and people are like, you dress for the woman sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, if I'm going to hang out with just friends, I'm not wearing makeup I'm not doing my hair I'm not doing any of that and even if I was going to hang out with men it's like I have a boyfriend they're not gonna fuck me you know <laughs> but like right. I still am just more comfortable in my own skin barefaced wearing whatever I want to when I'm in a group of just women yeah and I think Karen touched on something really interesting that being able to choose when it comes to this is kind of a luxury the more status you have, the more money you have, the more privilege you have just based on the way that you look, the, your race, your social class, whatever, the more you can opt out. 
like you know I've yeah. I've been to comedy shows where I've seen like famous fe- female stand up show up with like just a messy bun on their head and in pajamas like testing out some new material right killing it yeah but if like a new stand up did that I would be like she's a mess yeah what's what's going on with her so I mean this I mean this obviously isn't the most important thing in the world but it's something that women think about every day it's one of those like little invisible pockets and I will say I've been doing my makeup the same way since I was 16 years old oh wow uh, so I could basically do it sleepwalking I can do um a cat eye yeah you have a perfect cat eye oh thank you at 7 45 a.m <laughs> I know this I mean I noticed that I'm like Aaron's got her shit together but I've been doing it the same way for a long time and I use the time that I put on makeup every day I use the time that I get ready to listen to educational podcasts because I'm like I have this this time that for whatever reason I have to sit looking at myself in the mirror and painting my face because this is how I feel normal going through the world. And so I'll listen to like Pod Save the World sometimes. Um, I mean, plug But for you still media. use the word have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like half, you didn't say like, oh, because I like want to. Mm-hmm. I would say I feel pressure sometimes. I will do car makeup. I will say that's the one thing about Los Angeles. And then I feel like, mm, I'm multitasking. Yeah. Ooh, I'm like doing it at the stoplight. And then Busy it's like a woman I, on the go. That's right. If I have a long drive, normally I go into the car with no makeup on. And then and then I bring it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm getting so much done. Subway you are makeup. dangerous. Yeah. You are I, live, I live on the edge. You know what I mean? I'm You'll drinking cr- my coffee. I'm curl? doing my makeup. You'll I'm driving the lash. car. Curl a lash in the car? I'll curl a lash, but I will okay. do mascara. Like, I'll do mascara. I'll, I'll do a full face of makeup while I drive. I used to love watching women on the subway in New York put on makeup. Oh, <laughs> uh, I am impressed. I'm, yeah. I'm imp- I've done it on the subway, and it has not turned out perfect. On a commute. On a commute. I can do it with no it. mirror. Whoa. I know, guys. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's um, pretty good. So uh, I think that's about all the time we have to talk about this today. I'm sure it's going to be something that comes up again. We didn't get into the the kind of can of worms of ethical consumption, yes. which is something that we're definitely going to talk about more in the future, just because this is something we all think about every day, regardless of how we opt in or out. So you'll hear more about this, but we have to take a break when we come back the week in Sorry. Hysteria is brought to you by Quip. The truth is, finally, the truth. (laughs) We've arrived. We finally got to the truth. (laughs) The truth is that most of us are brushing our teeth wrong for not long enough and forgetting to change our brush on time. I have heard that. I have heard that, and I've thought about it. Like, I'll sometimes go up to the sink at night when I'm not in a position at all to buy a new toothbrush and look at it and think, you're gross. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big teeth person. Yeah, I mean, my teeth are fine, but God knows for how long. I don't even think mine are fine, but I'm dedicated to them. (laughs) Well, so is Quip. (laughs) (laughs) For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes. They're actually really cute. Have you seen them? They're little little guys. They're just cute little guys. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Quip's subscription plans are for your health. Not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including shipping worldwide. That is so nice. No more walking up to the sink, looking up at your toothbrush and thinking, you're gross. Wow. Yeah. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror. Heck yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I want a mount that suctions. There's a lot of science behind this I like. Yeah. (laughs) I love when things stick. I love when they vibrate. I'm in. All kinds of stuff. Uh, It also unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel. What? Wherever you take your teeth. We can take it to outside lands. Oh, my God. I have two separate toothbrushes, one for travel 
and one for home. And you know what? They're both not doing great right now. Haven't you heard of the life changing? I gotta do this. Yeah, you gotta do this. You need to t- you need to uh, tidy up. It's a life changing magic. Um, and finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O list. Oh, I think they're probably on a lot of people's O list. Named one of Time's best inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Hey. Plus, they're backed by a network of over twenty thousand dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash hysteria right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash hysteria, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash hysteria. Hysteria is brought to you by Planned Parenthood. Unstoppable is a new campaign powered by Planned Parenthood. Unstoppable is about building a world where everyone has the freedom and opportunity to control their own bodies and their own futures. It's a vision that Planned Parenthood has fought to achieve for over 100 years. We believe your body is your own. We insist on the basic right to live full, healthy lives, make our own decisions, and receive the care that we need when we need it. We insist on the basic right to equal pay, access to affordable birth control, paid family and medical leave, and ending sexual violence. That seems pretty basic, huh? Yeah. We're bringing together the energy of millions of people who think this future is worth fighting for. Because when we work together, we are a movement and we are unstoppable. Amen. Amen. (laughs) To learn more and join the movement, go to unstoppablenow.org. That's unstoppablenow.org. And we're back with The Week in Sorry. Uh, As women, we apologize too much, which is something that I'm really sorry about but because of that (laughs) because of that that really got me (laughs) because of that we're experts at it right like I've been doing a cat eye since I was 16 years old I've also been apologizing since for as long as I can remember so I can tell and I'm sure you both can as well when an apology is uh when it's sincere when it is uh sufficient and and whether or not they deserve forgiveness so um, we're going to go through a couple people who either did apologize or should apologize and, and assess uh, their their value as human beings. <laughs> and judge them. And judge them. Harshly. And judge them harshly because we're also judged all the time. So fuck, it's our turn. Okay, Megan, go ahead. I know your judgment on this one in particular is not going to be great. Um, this is an apology that should come and never will. So do not stay up holding your breath waiting for this. I combined two metaphors there. Also got that from my mama. LeBron James opened a school last week, a public school in the Akron School District. Incredible. He was interviewed on CNN Friday night. Afterwards, Trump tweeted, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. The mic he's referring to is Michael Jordan. I thought it was Mike Pence. No. <laughs> that would be fun. If you just ended his sentences with I like Mike. Mike. I like Mike. And you're like, Pence wrote that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he does have the password. Um, this is in a this adds another example to a long history Trump has of attacking black athletes. Um, Trump and LeBron have a little history. LeBron tweeted at him, you bum which I still think is the best thing you could say to him um, when the Warriors declined going to the White House. So the Cavs had just been beaten by the Warriors at this point, and LeBron still came to Steph Curry's defense when Trump said, I rescind the invitation anyways. He has called NFL players sons of bitches. 
he's obviously very opposed to the kneeling in that sense. I think it absolutely has to do with the race. I think that's a very, very disturbing like trend that we've seen. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he's like low IQ on Maxine yes. Waters. It, stuff, he's, it's very much um, attacking their intelligence. I also think Trump really hates these athletes because they're beloved too. Yeah. These are people that actually get parades. And we know this motherfucker loves parades. And there's everyone loves parades. I know, Megan. but him especially. <laughs> I don't think I do love a parade. I if don't I, either. If I was in a parade, I would Guys, be. Guys. No. What? No. We're going no, partisan no. on the parade? No. Tip? No. No. no, no, no. It's crazy. Because no. I would be thinking this is a lot of waste of money. <laughs> I don't really want to be here. But we I don't be- think I should be sitting on top of a convertible. That doesn't seem safe. Wow. Wow. The family's more conservative than I thought. A you lot of, like, well, I, you know. I see a lot of JFK playing in my head, you know? That's, <laughs> the I only mean, parade you're seeing is like bad for The worst liberals, parade ever. Yeah. Liberals get shot. That's what that, happens in parades. Exactly. You no know, confetti guns and like, like a confetti floaties gun. and people with popcorn and, you know. Oh, man. So my my boss at, at Always Sunny attended the uh, Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl parade, and he had some pretty funny stories. Bro. Oh, yeah. An Eagles fan ate horse shit off the ground. And that's the type of loyalty Trump is looking for. You know, <laughs> he's like, oh, people like athletes. They don't like politicians. I truly think if he could, like, go back in time and try and be an NFL quarterback, he would want to do that. Yeah, but that would require him exercise. Of course. But he would be like, can you do I it could... in a golf cart? Can you just <laughs> golf? Can you can you drop back to pass, like, in a golf cart in reverse? Because then he would probably do it. Just hold the ball and then drive the cart across the field. And <laughs> that's how you if he's found a way to be president, I think he could find a way to be an NFL quarterback. I really sadly believe oh. that's his like dream when he sees like the love that they have. Um, it was also announced yesterday that LeBron has teamed with Showtime. They're going to do a three-part docu-series called Shut Up and Dribble, which is a quote Laura Ingram said about specifically LeBron, stick to basketball. We don't need you. And I do think of all the terrible things that are coming out of this presidency, one amazing thing is that athletes and people in positions of power in that sense in the public eye are stepping up and becoming activists in a way that is so refreshing and amazing. The school that he opened, he went to the Akron school district and said, what do you need? And then poured only his own money into making that possible. And it's just something so unprecedented and is unfathomable to come from a politician in any way. Yeah. Nothing but respect for my president, LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously Donald Trump should apologize, but he's not going to. No, Michael Jordan sort of was like, my, my, my theory. <laughs> Two sentences. My well, theory on, because people have been like, Jordan voted for Trump. No, Jordan didn't vote. Yeah. Jordan's not a voter. Well, you get to a certain level of rich when you truly don't care about, and I'm not saying anything that cr- um, some people think he got his dad murdered. Okay, so there's <laughs> theories out there. No, the phrase is like everybody buys sneakers. Yeah. yeah. So, apology, which is never coming, would probably not be accepted anyway, right? You bum. You bum. <laughs> All right, Karen, what do you got? Who's sorry this week? So there was a Japanese medical school which was apologizing for keeping women out that came out this week. It was an article that NPR ran about a Tokyo medical school that was actually changing test scores of uh, women. So the original, uh, the number of women being admitted 
in 2010 was 40%. And then uh, they were deducting points and then through the first round and then adding points to certain men so that men would get in so that they could keep the number around 30%. And this was going on for years. They uh. found out because essentially there was like one kid who whose parents, you know, like nepotism, like a pure nepotism case where it was like one kid got in and, you know, they gave a ton of money and then they cushioned their way in. That's right. They cushioned their way in. And then they and then the authorities kind of took over and, and were like, oh, actually, <laughs> he's there's, dumb. there's a <laughs> he dumb. he's very dumb. And there's a ton more corruption than we thought there was. That's uh. a oh, this is a this is a mess. And so the apology, it's like, listen, this is terrible and unconscionable. And Japan actually has one of the lowest rates of female doctors in the developed world. Like, so it's already like a systemic issue. So I don't know if there's an apology that you can give that would be big enough for that, especially when you consider like the Atlantic Granite article and like how female doctors are better at treating heart attacks than male doctors, especially in female patients. And I know that's going to be something that we'll get into in another episode. But what I did appreciate is that he sounded really sorry in his oh. apology. There was like, he goes, he, he goes into a deep bow. There was a deep bow and he expressed deep regret. And I was like, there's something I really like about the idea of when you're sorry to like bow deeply, like, like not just, not just at a 45 degree angle, but I'm imagining like a full 90, like uh -huh. half a yoga pose. You got to stretch Yeah, that. that's what I mean. It's like, so, so <laughs> at least there was like the trappings of like, oh, I look really really sorry did yeah. they say um, why they didn't want women like because there's always been that like well they're distracting and no there's a thing about <laughs> later they're going to get out of the workforce because they're going to be moms and and uh, children so it's going to kind of be a waste of money and education i do think it's interesting that uh. like i will say it's like all of the corruption and the nepotism i mean it is it's really honestly it's a societal loss like it's i don't again i don't know if like you can say I'm sorry and you can sound really genuine, but it's like, man, oh, water under the bridge, yeah, man. It's like damage. people people have, yeah, it's like, it's this is people's lives. You know yeah. what I mean? If there's one place where you really want the best people to be, you know, like to, to be in charge, it's medicine. Mm -hmm. Like, who do you want treating you at a hospital? Mm -hmm. the, best. the guy who's like, the guy who's there because... He earned it, the guy or girl who, who earned it, or is it because, you know, their parents, you know, bought the school a fridge? You know what I mean? Like, who do you want? You know, yeah. like, that's the, yeah. I literally had a cousin in India who was like, that's how you get good grades in India. <laughs> you oh, buy a God. fridge? He goes, you buy the teacher a fridge. And oh, he's God. Like, he goes, yeah. Well, so you know if you have Dr. Frigidaire when you go yeah. to the doctor that you're in, tr <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, those are the sorries we're covering this week. Uh, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll have what she's having and the hill will die on this week. We'll be back. And we're back with I'll Have What She's Having. This is where we recommend things that women have made, women have done, or women that just inspire us uh, that are this week. Not necessarily new, but just, you know, stuff. So mine is uh, I am reading Parker Posey's new book. And by reading it, I mean I'm listening to it on Audible. And this isn't an ad for Audible. I'm just like, I just have Audible. <laughs> um, but her, she reads the audio version of her book. So you get to hear her voice do this kind of kooky framing of like her memoirs. It's called You're on an Airplane. 
And so it's she frames it as like she's reading it to you, like she's saying it to you, and you're sitting next to her on an airplane. And she does stuff like ask for a diet coke, and like you hear the sound <laughs> of like ice cubes in a glass. And um, she talks about her career and and her life in Texas, and it's just really wonderful. And if you're a fan of Parker Posey, um, you'd be a fan of the book. She's just she's great, and the book's great. Uh, Megan, what do you got? Um, so mine is a lady named Latanya Pinkard. She is featured on a Netflix series right now called Last Chance You. It's in its third season. The first two seasons were at a different school. Now this is the third season, new school. She is an English teacher at a junior college who is probably the most incredible, inspiring teacher that I've ever seen like documented on film. Um, mm. She's an African-American woman. Most of the students are African-American, and she... Just, oh, bringing, like, linebackers to tears is what's happening. If you don't want to invest in watching the full show, there was a Sports Illustrated article that came out July 26th that profiles just her. And she's just incredible. And she really, she gives you great hope. And she's a woman serving a lot of different looks. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds great. Karen, Karen what's your recommendation? Uh, mine was uh, in the comedy lineup, which is Netflix's 15-minute specials. Uh, Michelle Buteau is the first one. I love her. Yeah. I it's love her. So funny. So, like, I mean, it's just such a great way to open it. She's so much fun. She's having so much fun. I think in specials, like, especially for 15 minutes, it's really hard to not sound canned or sound like, oh, I'm just, like, reciting my material like this is important and she's like really in the room mm -hmm. like she doesn't give a fuck she's just having so much fun she has a great joke about like the me too movement that i like been quoting to people that i don't want to ruin for you and it's uh, only 15 minutes totally worth checking out oh she's great she's also in the reboot of the first wives Club. yeah um, yeah announced this week yeah wow. yeah which is gonna be great she's just like i just i love her i worked with her in my first tv writing job at best week ever i used to write a segment for her called panties on panties off and if you can imagine, if you know Michelle's style and like my style, so I was like, she, I was like writing stuff and she would say it and like we would kind of work it out so that it worked mm -hmm. for her voice. So it was sort of like overly in her own head feminist nerd meets Michelle Buteau. <laughs> like it was, she was just the, a dream to work with and I can't wait to watch her 15 minutes. That sounds awesome. Sabrina Jalise too, also a woman mm -hmm. on the 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Awesome. That's a great one. A lot of good comedy out now, guys. There's a lot of it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move on to the last. Uh, that was so Minnesota nice, Megan. I'm sorry. You're not even from Minnesota. That was shade. It was shade. But there is a lot of there is a lot of great comedy out because there's a lot of comedy out. That's true. So maybe that's a less that shade. That was a good sorry after the sorry segment. I accept. Sorry. Yeah. I accept. I don't. Oh. Ooh. All right. I'm still reeling over the parades comment. You're going to apologize to me after this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. The Hill I Will Die On. Mine is super spooky or weird this week, but I was thinking the other day, I think about ghosts a lot, and I was thinking, like, what's the scariest genre of ghost? And it's little girls. Mm -hmm. yeah. By far the, the scariest genre of ghost. And my theory about why, if you ask anybody, most people would probably say little girls are the scariest ghosts. If you watch a horror movie, it's like little girl yeah. ghosts. It's the scariest Come one. Play I like with that, me. I yeah. like that you said genre. Genre, genre of ghost. The genre <laughs> of ghost that bothers me. The they most. always want to play. I like <laughs> thrash metal ghosts. Uh, but I think that I think that people are the most afraid of little girl ghosts because <laughs> society is meanest to little 
little girls. And I think the more the the more cruel society is to a demographic, the more we realize that society is cruel to a demographic, the scarier they are in their afterlife. They got a bone to pick. They've yeah. got a B O O O O O O N E to pick. A boon to pick. <laughs> mm, too soon. I know. <laughs> I know. Kieran, what's yours? Um, I said, I, I think this is going to be pretty unpopular in this room, given the parades. Um, <laughs> but I will look at my horoscope. Yeah. Like, I'll read it. I will, I will look at tarot cards. And my thing on this is it's like, I, I don't know about free will. Like, I'm not sure that free will is for me. Like, do I really want to be responsible for everything in my life? Like, everything that's, like, all on me? I was uh-huh. like, that's not a good, like, it's like, right now we have this asshole as president. And I know this is going to go against your voting initiative. Everybody vote. Yeah, everybody vote. Everybody, don't listen to her. But I was like, everybody vote or volunteer to watch the kids of people who need child care on voting day. (laughs) Or drive old people. Drive people, do whatever you can. Everybody vote. the Republicans. But anyway, tell me more about free will, Karen. But there's a, but there's a thing. It's like, it's nice a little bit of yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there is stuff that is out of your control. And sometimes it's just nice to be like, Oh, was it me? Was it something that I did? Or is the world a garbage fire because Mercury's in retrograde? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a little easier sometimes to just be like, oh, oh man. Like just a little bit of relief. This with... was out of my hands. Yeah. yeah. This was out of my this one was out of my hands. Hmm. This this one was because of the rings of Jupiter or whatever. I'm with you on this. I am I could not be less with you. <laughs> there, I, Thank you, Megan. I'm with you. I oh my I god. I'm sorry for earlier. I, when you yeah. are having a personal emotional crisis and you're like, "Why is everything a garbage fire?" and then you can click on a little link and you can be like, "Oh, oh, that's why." Uh, oh, cuz yeah. of the moon card. It's yeah. the moon card that made it this way. I will die trying to light this hill on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be clutching our fire cards. <laughs> Megan, what do you got this week? I prefer Funyuns to onion rings. Huh. Give me a Funyun over an onion ring. I don't know. It's a, That's what I want. I do a lot of flavor-based hills that I'm dying on. Last <laughs> week I did LaCroix. No one was that mad at me. Funyuns. I want a Funyun over an onion ring. That's um. The onion ring is the warm one, right? I don't care. I just like the Funyun. Okay. You just like the flavor. Yeah, and you know, you've, I've had like loaded... Baked potato chips. You know, there's lots of flavor chips happening. There's a lot of trash out there to eat. And and those I'm not those I'm not even really there for. But the funyun I think has perfected the onion ring. And sometimes you bite into an onion ring and then you like pull and stuff doesn't come. It's... I don't like onion rings either. I'm I'm with you on that. The, okay. And there's a crunch in the funyun. Yeah. There's a crunch. There's something about a crunch that's always satisfying. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Aaron's looking pretty skeptical. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I took this like as soon as I moved out here like three almost three weeks ago now. I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat healthy because in like there's so much produce and so much healthy food out here and it just is easy. And also we like get lunch ordered every day at work and I just am like salad. Um, So I haven't eaten fried food at all. And the other day I had like a tater tot and it made my stomach just hurt. So I think I've I've lost the ability to eat Funyuns and onion rings. Oh, you're one of those now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love a tater tot. I'll go on record. I like a tater tot more than a french fry. I think I'm going to try to. Whoa. I don't fucking care anymore. Oh, these are very interesting hills. I uh, I don't know if I'll ever get on the, the Funyun Hill or the Mercury and
And that was Hysteria. If you like what you heard, subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. You can also catch us live at our first show, 4 p.m. on Sunday at Outside Lands in San Francisco. We'll be on the Barbary stage. And we'll be back with more Hysteria next week. Start this rum, I'ma get, get me some Give them a